Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. in the bulletin and note sheet if you want to use it. If you didn't get one, there are a few left on the table out there, and uh, you can uh, fill in the blanks if you'd like to, to do that. So, name one of the temptations that people face. Stealing. Stealing. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Money, ice cream, what was that? Dishonesty, selfishness, covetousness, adultery, sexual in, in, uh, inappropriate sexual behaviors. Uh, you know, in our culture, they use sex to sell potato chips. You know, it, it's, it's a weird culture that we live in. Somebody else? Couldn't hear. Sneaking, sneaking stuff or sneaking where you're not supposed to be. How many of you kids have ever been tempted to disobey your parents? Yeah, yeah, it happens, right? How many of you adults disobeyed your parents when you were kids, right? Sometimes. <laughs> All except for one liar in the room. <laughs> so uh, there are temptations now, some of those temptations, like Jeff Jorgensen said chocolate. Now, chocolate is not a temptation for me at all. Uh, it was, but I developed a severe food allergy to caffeine. I haven't had a piece of chocolate since October 1983. How many of you weren't even alive in October 1983? So in your lifetime, I have never had a piece of chocolate. And, uh, and and at first it was hard, but then it got easy, and now I don't even like the smell of chocolate. It's like, oh, that stuff, you know. Now salsa, that's more of a temptation for me than chocolate is. But we face temptations. Now sometimes some of the temptations that some people face are not going to bother you. It's not going to be an issue for you. How many of you over age 70 have been tempted to illegally download songs from the internet. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just one. All right. Uh, you know, there, there are issues that we have. That, that Now, some of you are tempted to speed. Some of you are tempted to go too slow. Uh, and some, <laughs> I wasn't naming anybody, Tucker. <laughs> no pointing fingers, please. But we face temptations, and James is going to write about temptations, but here's the, the big idea this morning is that you are fully responsible. I love that picture. She's like saying, who, me? Uh, you are fully responsible for you. Look at James chapter 1. In the book of James, uh, we have done a series, are doing a series in James, and last week we did something different. We looked at David on Father's Day, and next week we're going to look at something different, and then we'll jump back into James. 
But James, in uh, chapter 12, chapter 1, sorry, if you find chapter 12 of James, you need a new Bible, okay? James chapter 1, two weeks ago we looked at verse 12, and, uh, and then we looked at the uh, crowns that we can earn from God. So James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptations, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So there's going to be a reward for those who love the Lord, who endure temptation and choose not to give in. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be kind of first fruits of his creatures. Heavenly Father, I pray as we look to your word this morning that you would speak into our hearts, that we would not just take the message as general application for people's lives, but that we would take it personally. I pray that you would show us where we need to change, where we need to grow and mature, where we need to make some adjustment in our lives. I pray that you would show us where we can be encouraged that we're doing the right things. So speak into our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing about temptation is that I am tempted because of something inside of me. I am tempted because of something inside of me. Look at verse 13. Can you pop that up? There we go. Look at that picture. You like that brain? Something inside me. I am tempted because of something inside me. So verse 13 says, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God's not going to tempt people. Verse 14, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. For instance, Jeff said chocolate is a temptation. That's not a temptation for me, but it might be for you. It's what's inside you that makes things a temptation. I have a friend who doesn't like donuts. Is that not kind of strange? He doesn't like donuts. I've been diabetic for 30 years. I'm still tempted by donuts. I don't eat them, but I'm tempted to. And so what's going on inside you is what makes the difference. It's not all the glittering, cool stuff out there that causes the temptation. It's what's going on in your own heart. That's what creates the temptation. Lustful or angry or mouthy or pouty thoughts do not originate by watching or listening to someone or something. They originate inside your own heart. When you, you are mean or unkind to someone, it's not in response to what they said or did. It's in response to what's going on inside you. It starts inside you. Uh, verse, th verse 13 shows us that God does not mess with you. 
God does not play games with you. God does not develop any of the human desires to tease people and harass people. God does not do that. He never encourages you to think about something inappropriate or sinful. God knows what the appropriate response would be, and God knows what your response will be. He never puts you in a position where your only choice is sin. I uh, served as a chaplain with DPS, and some of the excuses that people would give, well, one lady was driving up uh, Highway 101, and she was driving at 110 miles an hour on the 101 while putting on her makeup. And when she got pulled over, she yelled at the officer because she was going to be late for work. And she had no choice but to drive fast so that she wouldn't be late for work. And, well, she was really late for work. <laughs> but people always use that excuse of someone else. You don't have that. You are tempted based on something inside you. But look at, uh, t- take your Bible, if you will, and turn over to 1 Corinthians thir- or 10, 1 Corinthians 10, and then keep your spot here. We'll be jumping right back to James. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, God talks about the special provision he makes for us in dealing with temptation. So Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth has been tolerating sin way too much, and Paul is writing to correct them and rebuke them. And then in, in uh, chapter 10 and verse 13, uh, the apostle Paul wrote these words, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So what God does is God allows you to be in situations where you're going to be tempted. But God makes sure you are not in a situation where you have to sin. You can choose not to. And God gives a way of escape if you choose to take it. So when we give in to sin, it's not God's fault. And unlike what Flip Wilson say, the devil didn't make you do it. It's what's inside you that makes you do it. So back to James chapter 1 and verse 14. Without you, uh, whatever that temptation is... It's just an incident or a situation or a fact of life. You are the source that makes it a temptation. What's going on inside you? So, if you're in a jewelry store and you see all these beautiful jewels and the guy working there leaves one out on the counter by mistake and then walks away and you're there and that's there, You don't have to be tempted at all to pick up that piece of jewelry and walk off with it. You can say, hey, you need to put this one away. God gives you that capacity. So if you take it, you can't say, well, it was that guy's fault. No, it wasn't. It was the lighting in the store. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even your hunger pains because stealing jewelry won't help your hunger pains. You got to get rid of the thing somewhere, but don't. Do it. You can say no. You have that capacity. So inside you, 
that may become a temptation, but you are responsible for the temptations you face in your life. Secondly, when I give in to temptation, I allow that desire to take root. I allow that desire to take root. Now, I did have some really cool pictures of synapses in the brain, but I thought it would distract you and gross some of you out, so I just put this picture up for this thing. Uh, what, what happens when you uh, deal with the temptation, look at verse 15. He says, uh, then when desire has conceived, it brings for, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So every time you give in, you build a connection, a neural connection in your brain, a synapse connection. And so that connection in the synapses in your brain then makes it easier to repeat. Now, how did we get Jimmy Kerr Boulevard? You know where Jimmy Kerr Boulevard is? It's on the south side of town and it runs diagonally. Uh, and so how did we get Jimmy Kerr Boulevard? Well, way back, way back in the old days, before Casa Grande, it was called the township of Terminus. They named it Terminus because that's where the rail line ended. So it was the Terminus. And so uh, they wanted to add to the rail line. And so Jimmy Kerr is a road that runs along by the railroad tracks. And so that started out being a wagon trail as they go in the wagons to bring the supplies to the workers and bring food to the workers, supplies for the building to build the railroad. And so they, it started out as just wagon ruts and then it got used a bunch and then it became a, a rural road, a, a dirt road, and then it got graveled and then it got paved and now it's called a state highway. Uh, it started out just going along a track the first person to ride their wagon along there was riding through the desert. But it became a boulevard. That's what goes on inside your brain. I know what some of you parents are thinking. I'm glad something's going on in my kids' brains. But listen, what happens is it makes connections. And the more you do something that more connections are there. That's why you can learn to ride a bicycle. You don't have to walk out the next day and let's say, okay, wait, my left foot goes here, my right. You remember what you learned the day before. It's building on that connection and it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And if you give in to sin enough, you have a super highway in your brain that makes giving into that sin so much easier. It's building, it's conceived, it's growing, it's birthing, it's causing death. Uh, so that's going on in your head and the connections make it easier to remember. That's why a person who works in accounting can remember accounting stuff for years and years and years and years. And then they retire and a few years later, they use a calculator to add up the numbers because their brain isn't being used that way anymore. And so what you have to do with overcoming temptation is, well, your, your brain, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, I got sidetracked. Your brain creates neural pathways to help you do things again. Now, 
aren't you glad when you have to go in for surgery that the doctor operating on you doesn't have to learn how to do surgery again today? They have the neural pathways already there. For them, this is old hat. They're used to grabbing a knife and stabbing people with it for good. You know, that's a normal thing in the process of a surgeon's life. So your brain makes it easier to repeat something, whether it's good or bad. Your brain doesn't care whether it's a, the neural pathway is appropriate or whether it's sinful. It, it makes no moral value on it. Your brain just says, oh, you've done this before. We can do this again. We'll make it easier. Your brain makes those connections. In your mind, which is housed in your brain, your mind can overcome those connections. But uh, number three, when you give in to temptation, you are deceiving yourself. This is just a kind of a weird picture of a mirror, a guy uh, walking along by a mirror and looking in, and there's people on both sides, and some are reflected on both sides, and some are not. Um, but, but look down at verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do not be deceived. The more often your synapses connect to a sin, the more likely you will begin to feel justified in that sin. That's why some little kids feel justified when they cheat or lie. That's why men who cheat on their wives often blame the spouse. They blame the wife when they're the ones who cheated. Employees who cheat on their time card or their expense reports, they often blame their employers. They're either underpaid or underappreciated. It's always someone else's fault. People who lose their temper often blame the person or circumstances that made them upset. But what was number one? Who's responsible for what? You're responsible. Pop number one back up and then we'll jump back to number three. Yeah. You're tempted because of something inside you. Now jump back to three. Whatever that is inside you. So if you are a person who struggles with your temper, every time you lose your temper, it's your fault. It's not someone else's. Now, those of you who know me, who've heard my testimony before, you know, I'm addressing myself here. I have struggled with that in my past and worked really hard to try and overcome it. And sometimes my initial response is still upset. Now, sometimes I growl really loudly and uh, I can calm down and get beyond it quicker than I ever could before. But what upsets you is often what's going on in here. You want things to be perfect. It's not going to happen. You want people to respond appropriately all the time. It's not going to happen. You're going to get frustrated all your life if you're expecting that. So when you give in, you deceive yourself. It's their fault. They made me so mad that I just had to do something. Now, eventually, giving in feels normal. There was a lady in our church in Green Valley who was snarky. 
and fussy. And she said, I just say it the way I see it. And I said, well, God says you're supposed to say it with grace in your hearts, and you're supposed to say it with love. She was excusing her bad behavior because it was easier for her. Most of the time, it's easier to give in to sin than it is to overcome sin. We have a sinful nature. We live in a sinful culture. It's easier to give in to sin than it is to overcome it. And so it begins sometimes even to feel like a need. I just need to blow my top every now and then to let off steam. No, your pressure cooker might need to do that, but you don't. You can overcome. In fact, modern psychology views sexual intimacy as a need, like food and water. But it's not a need. The Bible says it's a gift within a monogamous, committed marriage relationship, and that's it. But we begin to justify giving in to temptation because that track has built up in our brain. And so that highway connection that's been built up is bypassing those roads that say, this is sin, this is wrong, and it's just barreling ahead as if this is the right response to the temptation. So we begin to justify it. Maybe people say things like, but you don't know how badly he hurt me. Well, you're right. No one else could know how bad it was, but God knows. But, but you don't know how lonely I felt, so I gave in. Well, no, I don't, but, but God does. But you don't understand how much I struggle with it, as if the more tempted you are to give in makes it okay. And try that in court. You know, I was, I was tempted to steal from it every day, but I only stole on Thursday. You're still guilty in court, and you're still guilty before God. So no matter how much you struggle with that sin or that temptation, I, nobody else may know how much you struggle, but God does, and God has specific expectations for your behavior and mine. So maybe you have no idea how strong the temptation is. Well, I don't know how strong your temptation is, but I do know how strong God's provision is. And there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God gives you a way out if you choose. It's not mandatory. It's not whatever, whenever. You have to take action. God provides the way. So you are responsible for your own choices, your own actions, your own responses. No matter what happens, no matter how it happens, no matter who does it, no matter where it happens, no matter how much it hurts, you can be gracious and respond in a way that pleases the Lord. So... I uh, went to the University of Arizona. I didn't graduate from there. I attended there, and then I went on to Bible college and graduated from there. Kathy also did both. Uh, and Megan graduated from there, and Tim Pennant graduated from ASU. You're supposed to say, aw, right? Because he graduated from ASU. 
Hunter's probably gonna be going to ASU this fall. But, so I noticed something in myself that is totally ridiculous. If I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts in front of me and they have a U of A bumper sticker, I just back off. And I think, oh, well, they shouldn't have done that. But if they have an ASU bumper sticker, I feel frustrated. Okay, like I'm three, right? Except now I'm driving a car at age three. I, I just feel frustrated. And so I was telling Megan, I came back to the church one day, I'd been driving and somebody with an ASU sticker on the back of their car plate, you know, and fear the fork sign on the back window of their car, they cut right in front of me and I just got all mad and upset, you know. And then I came back and I said, it was ridiculous. It makes no difference what bumper stickers on their car. And Megan said, you know, I'm the exact opposite. If they're, they have a U of A bumper sticker and they cut in front of me, I think, what are you doing? I expect that behavior from ASU people, but not from U of A people. <laughs> but, but see, we are prone to give grace to people we identify with and not give grace to people we don't. When God gives grace to everybody and chooses to identify with each person because they're created in the image of God. See, we need to deal with our temptations. It's going to be great. We can deceive ourselves. We can get caught up in things. And, and you can get going along and, and, you know, there are people who are super arrogant people. And, and they're going to be arrogant. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight in the 5 o'clock service. And, and, and they're just going to be arrogant. And, and it feels normal to them when God's word said, it's not normal. Normal is to humble yourself before God. So there are no mitigating circumstances. If I get mad at somebody for whatever they did, it's the problem is me. I can handle it differently. There's no justification for giving in to that temptation. And by the way, here's a really dumb one. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, don't race in front of them and cut them off. The last thing you want is a reckless driver behind you. You want them in front of you so you can see to avoid them. Just leave it with God and let it go. Whether they're from ASU or U of A or NAU, just let it go. Back off and let it go. You can deceive yourself with the temptation. Number four, when I give in to temptation... I rob myself of something better. So James is cruising along here. He's writing about temptation. He's talking about the struggles we face with temptation. And then he adds these words in verse 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So he starts out, you know, in, in verse 2 of this chapter, count it all joy when you face various trials and temptations because it builds patience in your life. And, and now he comes down to how you receive great gifts from God. So 
God has great plans for you. God has gifts he plans to give to you. And when you give in to temptation, you rob God of giving you something better. Let's just break it down for the kids, okay? So, you're planning, your mom or your dad is planning this big treat. After supper, there's a surprise dessert. And it's your favorite dessert. But before supper, you sneak some candy that you know you shouldn't have, and you eat it anyway, and then whichever parent, mom or dad, whichever one was planning the surprise, they find out you got that and you had that snack. So the natural consequence of your sinful choice would be what, kids? No dessert? What if somebody else said something? Kimmy, what'd you say? Yeah, no treat. That great dessert. Now, let's just say it's your favorite dessert, Ella. What is your favorite dessert? Do you have one? What is that? Cake pops. Is that a real thing? Okay, cake pops. I've been diabetic so long, I don't no idea what they produce out there. So, all right, cake pops. So, so they're going to have her favorite cake pop for dessert, and she snitched candy. And now dessert time comes... And Tim or Clorinda say, Ella, you know, you shouldn't have had that candy. You had your dessert before supper. And now Gwen gets two cake pops and you get none. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's sad. See, you miss out. It's a natural consequence. Your father has blessings he wants to give into your life. And then you sinned here. You gave into the temptation. And now God says, I wanted to give that to you, but I can't give it to you now. It was a reward for your faithfulness. And so I have to withhold it because you were not faithful. You rob yourself of something better every time you give into temptation. Now, I have never been and don't think I'll ever be tempted to sneak a cake pop, but maybe some of you will. When you give in to that temptation, you may set yourself up for a bigger failure or frustration, and you don't know. I'm reminded of the story. There was a guy who worked for his father-in-law, and they were in construction, and this is a true story. The father-in-law was losing his health and and he was not doing very well but he was still the president of the construction company and he had now made his son-in-law his general manager and so he decides he wants to build his dream house the old guy does the father-in-law he wants to build this so he commissions his son-in-law to build this dream house he wants it the absolute best materials and everything and so the son-in-law says you know, he's not going to be around that long. I don't have to build with 30-year material. I can use 10-year material, and that'll surely outlast him. So he cuts corners and pockets the difference. So the, de- the father-in-law is paying for first-quality concrete. He gets second tier. First-quality lumber, he gets second tier. First-quality steel and plumbing, he gets second tier. And then it's all done. The house is all done. It looks beautiful. On the outside, you can't tell the difference. And then when it's all done, the father-in-law says, 
takes the keys and gives them to the son-in-law and says, this is my gift to you and my daughter. True story. How does the son-in-law feel now? He just robbed himself. And he and his wife are going to live in a house. They're going to have problems and have to fix it. And she's going to say, why is this house falling apart? You just built it with the best stuff. He didn't. And you're robbing yourself of something better every time you give in. It feels like this giving in, this would be pleasure. And it, and it might be for a very short time, but it's not going to last. So... What you need to do, God's rules don't change. They're the same. His plan for your life hasn't changed. Just because our culture says things are different today, God's word does not agree with that. He tells us what's right and wrong. And he has plans for you. He has gifts he wants to give you. So every time you give in to that temptation, you're building a connection. It can eventually be like a super highway in your brain, right? You, you know, you can be all alone and not even thinking about something and some little incident takes place and boom, you're suddenly thinking about it because you've built that connection. Excuse me, you've built that connection in your brain. So here's the good news, right? You can break those connections. Every time you resist that temptation, you break that connection. So maybe you've got 100,000 connections because you've given in, but every time you resist, you break one of those connections, and if you break enough connections, you break it completely. You sever that neural connection. And so you resist enough, you break that entire pathway that has built up. In the same way, a person who has a stroke sometimes has to relearn how to walk relearn how to talk, relearn how to hold a toothbrush because their brain can no longer make that connection because it was severed by the stroke. That happens sometimes. And you can break those connections by resisting the temptation and then your brain won't remember that's what you used to do. Number five, don't excuse your failures. Don't excuse your failures. It is your fault. It is your choices. You are fully responsible. You are responsible for your own response to temptation. So here's what you need to do. You need to apply the Moses test. You need to apply the Moses test. This is a paraphrase of Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. History tells us outside of scripture that uh, when he was a young man still in Egypt, before he had rejected being Pharaoh's daughter, before he identified with the Israelite, before he had to flee at that point. So he's an adult, he's identifying with the Jewish people, but he's still serving Pharaoh. And, and history tells us that he went into uh, Ethiopia and led a great battle and was victorious. So he was a general in battle. He could have ruled in Egypt. 
He had a position of high power and influence, and he walked away from that so that he could honor God. You need to apply Moses' test. As Hebrews said, Moses saw the fleeting pleasures of sin, the pleasure of sin for a season. But he looked for the long look, and that's what we need to do. Yes, this pleasure right now might feel great, whether it's chocolate or candy or cake pops or whatever. It might feel great right now, but in the long run, you might regret it. In the long run. And so we need to take a long look at life. Give life the Moses test. You are fully responsible for how you deal with temptation. It's an inside job. God put you in charge. And you can choose to honor him or not. And you'll face the consequences one way or the other. So maybe we should take a moment and think about some temptation that's in your life and heart and take a moment and just pray and ask God to give you the victory over that. You can have victory and it's fun. I love it that I don't have to blow up at people just because I feel a little bit upset. My life's a lot easier in that area and we can gain victory in every area if we submit to God in every area of our life. Takes work, takes time, but it's possible. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.